Now this is pod racing. Welcome to the cantina. This is regarding Star Wars, the world's 10 millionth Star Wars podcast. I'm your co-host, John Fisher. And I'm your co-host, David Williams. And uh, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. Uh, man, do you know something? Star Wars is awesome. Holy shit. Star Wars is good. Holy, um, holy know, crap. I, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I sat down and was like, I'm going to watch a Star Wars. And then like watching it, I was like, holy shit, I'm watching a Star Wars. Holy shit. <laughs> I mean, I've seen this. It's always an event. I've seen this movie like 20 times. Uh, but still, it's, yeah. Holy cow, it's a good one. I saw this movie nine times in the theaters in 1999. Holy cow. Man, I don't think I've ever yeah, seen. And I was in seventh times. grade. That means adults were driving me to the theater. I, well, the, it was just when it came out. It was like the world for a seventh grade boy. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like everyone I knew, like you would just go over to a friend's house. Like, what do you want to do? It's like, I guess we'll go see Star Wars. Like everyone, like just what you did for like three months. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we we because it was hot. It was summer. It's like we'll go see Star Wars again. Yeah. We never we never saw things multiple times in the theater, but I do remember like immediately after seeing it the next time we went to Blockbuster, being like, "Put us down for the reservation for the VHS," like immediately. <laughs> Get us that special edition yep. VHS, the one that came with. The I had that. I, <laughs> I had that exact one. Yeah, the widescreen edition. Yeah. It came in a cool box and you could like open it up and it had a little mini art book. Yeah. Yeah. And then I remember like all that summer, like between the between when it went out of theaters and when it came back into on VHS, they were just like book after book after book after book published. Like there was the visual encyclopedia and like the behind the scenes stuff. Oh man. Yep. And the toys, there was every character that like walked across screen had a toy. Yeah. Well, welcome everybody. Happy May the Fourth. May the Fourth be with you. Usually we say May the Scorch be with you, but we're saying May the Fourth be with you. Yeah, because uh, because that's a that's a clever pun. A clever pun based on a uh, something that old old George Lucas wrote many 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 years ago. Yes, and I always try to derail our podcast <laughs> to talk about Star Wars, so I thought we could fully derail it. In honor of Star Wars Day, there's just been a lot of Star Wars news. There's a lot of Star Wars stuff coming up. It just felt like it was time. Yeah. Uh, this this also... Oh, my God. This is rude. I just got a weekly report from my computer that said my screen time was up 13% last week. <laughs> well, you can shut up. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, H- man. How rude. <laughs> how rude. <laughs> how rude. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, um, but man. so, Bump. you know, we were just talking before the record, and if we do this every Star Wars day, in nine years, we'll be through the main saga, and then so in ten years, we'll be starting on Rogue One. So wait for that in ten years, our Rogue One episode. Yeah, if if we can wait that long. Um, and uh, 
this right. this this could either serve to uh to to nip nip future Star Wars tangents on the regular feed in the bud or just open the floodgates <laughs> and uh be nothing I think it'll nip it cuz it'll get all it'll get it all out. <laughs> yeah, but once you it's one of those things like once you break the seal it's like, well, you know, Al Simmons, he's kind of, you know, he kind of looks like Darth Maul, but he's more of a Luke Skywalker. He's like a Luke Skywalker in the sequel trilogy where he's grumpy. He's grumpy Luke. Old man Luke. <laughs> old, old man. <laughs> oh, then, and then, oh, shit. Uh, so I guess the, that guy who's in the, in the Scorched now, oh, what's his face? The guy who's in love with love. Um, he would basically be, oh, um, he would be Luke. The oh the the, the cloned clone. the cloned Luke from the hand that gets cut off at the end of Empire Strikes Back, <laughs> just kind of evil. <laughs> hey, that's Legends continuity now. Hey man, we take it all, Johnny. But we... he's coming. But speaking of Legends and speaking of that series, mm-hmm. uh, a character that originated in those book trilogy, Grand Admiral Thrawn, is coming to live action. We just found out at Star Wars Celebration, which. I've never been a. I have no love for Thrawn, but it's a big deal for a lot of people. Oh man, I, I love Thrawn. Did you did you not watch Rebels? I I like him in Rebels. Yeah, oh, yeah I yeah, just yeah. don't. I never read any of the old books, so he's not like. I, yeah, I mean, I like him. I, right, that's he's just not some oh, okay. mythical character. Like I know people that like were obsessed with him in the nineties, and he has like a million books about him. Yeah, I read the that book that came out about a decade ago, Thrawn. I think it was a Timothy Zahn book. Yeah, it was just Thrawn, yeah. Yeah, that was my first introduction to him. Um, and uh, I really didn't get it until, like, two months after I finished the book, I started watching Rebels, and I was like, oh, that book is so much more badass now that I've seen him in Rebels. <laughs> he's kind of, like, the that book makes him, he's just such an overpowered little, little brat who just, like, steamrolls his way through everything. Um... But I guess it's kind of, kind of, kind of like what the Phantom Menace was trying to make a starting point for a guy who's already established and we know all about him, um, and giving him a giving him a backstory that you know can sort of dovetail into what we know he's become. You're speaking to, of course, the titular Phantom Menace. Yes, the Phantom Menace, uh, Mr. Darcidius, who we you know I don't know who he is. I don't. Know. Yeah. I mean, he, I'm assuming he turns out to be Emperor Palpatine at least, but I mean, I don't know. Okay. Oh, wait, come, Palpatine? Come on. Is that Senator Palpatine? <laughs> Johnny, don't no, I'm kidding. I'm don't. not doing that. <laughs> no, 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 no. yeah. You know, it's interesting. It's, it's, and like, it's funny just to, you know, start with the title, I guess, The Phantom Menace. Yeah. It got so much shit at the time, but like, I think it's a great title. It's evocative. Yeah. It's cool. It's like it's very great. pulpy. Yeah, it is. I do, I do have to say, I do believe with, uh, there was this one Instagram reel I saw not too long ago where somebody was like, all of the Star Wars movies are named wrong. And then they go through and they actually like turn them into the things. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, all the movies are named wrong. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, yeah, he switches. I remember, no, I remember exactly because episode one is Rise of Skywalker. He switches yeah. one and nine and nine is The Phantom Menace. Yeah, yeah. And then what, uh... Shit, because episode three is The Empire Strikes Back. Or no, 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 episode three is Attack of the Clones, because it's when the clones attack. Uh, I think episode two is... I don't remember what they were, but it was it was perfect. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. But, yeah, uh, it's really good. So, Johnny, what are we doing here today? Well, today we're going to 
I guess, like we do, it's kind of a Lucy, Lucier, Goosier episode where we, um, we discuss we have, two Star Wars movies, <laughs> except no, we just don't. one. <laughs> just one Star Wars movie. We're gonna do the Phantom Menace. Shall Shall we say the full name so going, that way we're, uh, we're oh yes, illegal. the full name is Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Got a nice ring to nice. it. Nice, got a great rolls up. Usually we talk about covers, but I guess we could talk about the poster. It's an oh, amazing man. poster. I remember which, that poster. Which poster are we talking about? We talking Just about the, the original, a, like the the main poster. Yeah, yeah the, the main poster with like the Anakin walking on and everybody. Oh, oh, I was yes. thinking of the teaser. Well, that one too. That one too. Oh, the teaser poster is great too with the Darth Vader. I mean, that's iconic. But I love the I love the actual like theatrical poster. Oh yeah, the A poster with, like the sun. Qui Gon, Jar Jar's there smiling. Yeah, I Obi Wan. I just realized that there are two sons on that poster. Holy shit! I, I have seen this poster has been in my life for over half of it, and I just now realized that there are two sons on the poster <laughs> for fucking Tatooine, Tatooine. baby. <laughs> we on we on Jakku. <laughs> We're on Tatooine. Yeah, it's I just. I this movie probably cement. I always liked. I liked the original trilogy, but this movie, like at, at the time, cemented my kind of love of Star Wars. It was I was pretty obsessed with it for a couple years. Um, it makes me happy in a way because it did give me a thick skin and like it made me be like, I'm gonna like what I like. Yeah, because I got a lot of shit for it. Not from my friends. My friends and I all, all liked it, but like other people or just society in general. Because it was when the internet was starting to come out, so you'd read opinions online and be like, wow, everyone hates this movie except for me. <laughs> this is weird. Yeah, I was 11 years old when this movie came out, and it is heavily geared towards children, and I fell for it so hard. Yeah, I loved it. I loved, like... It was a cult... For for me, it was a culmination of, uh, you know, they had just, just done th- the theatrical re-releases um, throughout the 90s. Right. Of the... I mean, I didn't know they were remastered in a different way. I just thought they were fucking Star Wars, and I loved them. Um, I didn't. I honestly didn't know that there was any controversy over any of this stuff until I got to college. Um, and I kind of wish wow. I could go back to that that time and just completely ignore it. Uh, but yeah, so so I don't know if I mentioned it before, but going to see the new re-releases of Star Wars was a major thing for me and my friend group when we were doing um for birthday parties like whoever's birthday got oh, yeah. them was in the month that the star wars re-releasing came out it was they had the easiest time to choose and then everybody else was upset but then you know yeah i believe they came out january february march of 1997 yeah i i know um, that there was my cuz i went for my birthday for february yeah uh, for empire strikes back yeah, I went to to mine in February too. Was was great. And it nice. was like everybody like each birthday party, everybody got the birthday boy like all of the little the little chips with the little bitty people that they're still selling. They're still selling them at Target. Um they they have a Yeah, they just came out with them again, the yeah. Action Fleet. So you're thinking of Gloob's Action Fleet yeah, and there's a new yeah, one. Yeah, they've got I saw that is now made by Hasbro. I saw Ahsoka's Ahsoka's speeder with the little um Oh, I want to call it an FTL drive ring, uh, but that's not right. That's a completely different franchise. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's the uh, it's a hyperdrive. Yeah, ring. hyperdrive. Jesus. Oh man, I couldn't even think of the Star Trek one. That's how bad I am today. Uh, but yeah, they've got they've got that one with um, what R seven is her her droid. 
Uh-huh. And the hyperdrive. Oh, that's cool. They got those for sale at Target right now, and it looked awesome. And I wanted to buy it, but um, I I can't. No, mm, I can't. <laughs> no, no, no Star Wars. I, I can't fall down that rabbit hole, dude. <laughs> I will fall hard. No Star Wars toys. Yeah, they they've been. There's a lot of Ahsoka news because you've got the trailer. The show. Yeah, for the show. Which did you the watch trailer. the trailer yet? I actually I haven't because I was working, I was busy, and I didn't want to watch it on my phone. Yeah, um, it's a treat. But it's a treat. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it after this probably. Excellent. You could watch I don't it know, now. I'm weird we about could... trailers now. <laughs> Why don't you watch it and we have a live react on the podcast? <laughs> I don't wanna I don't wanna figure that out. <laughs> it would just be <laughs> Whoa. It would be silent for two Dude. minutes and be like, oh, cool. Cool. <laughs> I tried to film a live react one time when I, when they like shot, when they like surprised everyone that there was a uh, Blair Witch movie. Uh-huh. And, and I was like, oh, sweet. I should live react myself watching the trailer. And like, it was really boring. And so I never posted it anywhere because it was pointless. The problem, the problem is, you didn't do it in the style of the original Blair Witch, where you're just tromping through the woods with a, with a video camera posted at your face. I start crying. And that, and that iconic, the iconic self selfie scene. Oh yeah, the snot running down. Infinitely iconic. That's, man. It's, I mean, I'm, it's I'm, the first selfie, baby. Yeah. <laughs> man, just like just like Star Wars itself. It was iconic, fucking Blair Witch, much in the same fashion. It was just getting out there and doing it and just putting the thing together because you all believe in it, and they're just fucking like gangbusters. Episode one of Blair Witch came out within months of each other, same yeah. summer of 99. Man. That was a big, that was a big b- summer for movies. No, because the world was about to end. <laughs> the, the world I, was about to end, I, and it was the culmination of they created these, like, AMC's has like started to open up like the stadium seating, quote yeah, unquote. Yeah. Um, which is now just like normal movie theater. Those were getting big. Yeah. Um, at the same time. So I feel like we went to a lot of movies, at least in Tulsa. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you remember this, Johnny, but the, the millennium was happening. The, 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 the Millennium the Falcon? Mo- the Millennium. No, that was the, <laughs> that was the Looney Tunes advertising was it's the Millennium. Oh really? I don't remember that. I remember the I remember the Willennium. I think I think it was largely tied into um, a subway campaign for party subs, and so the the Looney Tunes were like celebrate the Millennium with a six foot party sub. <laughs> My brother and I had a joke at the time. I guess I think we were really into Pokemon, but our joke was that at the stroke of midnight. Uh, a giant Pikachu would appear in the sky and declare he was the Antichrist. <laughs> um, so that was a fun seventh grader. I remember seeing this movie. Uh-huh. Uh, I picking. I saw it at midnight. Oh, nice! Uh, the day of relief. My dad took us to it. Was to that see your first? Midnight. Was that your first midnight movie? Oh, absolutely! All right, my first. Yeah, like they like. We were so young, they tried to make us take a nap. And, like, we got home to school, like, go take a nap. And we're like, no. Yeah. Like, we can't go to sleep. Yeah. Nice. My my first midnight movie was actually episode three. Oh, nice. Yeah. That was a big and one. And we, we showed up very late, so we only got... So the only seats available were the ones in the very front row. And so we had to do that thing where you basically, like, just lay with your head on top of the seat. And it was so motherfucking uncomfortable. Do you, why do they even put seats there, Johnny? <laughs> Last time I saw a movie like that was 
uh, Knives Out 2. Like, because I bought tickets, they were reserved seats, but there were like two seats left when I bought them. Oh, man. I, I like how I call it Knives Out 2. Glass on you. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan Johnson. Oh, man. So speaking of speaking of news, we just got a, a, a little bit more news about, about movies in the Star Wars universe. Right? 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 Yeah. There's like three more movies coming. I'm most excited about the Ray movie that'll be happening. That's very exciting. Very exciting. Uh, there was a little bit of a scuttlebutt about it because David Lindelof had been working on it for so long and left the project. But, you know, yeah. whatever. Things happen in Hollywood. Who knows? It seems like a lot of Star Wars people quit or get fired. Yeah. I mean, it's probably hard to try to take it's... this thing that was this one guy's creation and like try to shepherd it. I can imagine it's very stressful and yeah, it's a hard thing to it's, crack. It seems it seems like the it's really weird though because because like the the tone of all the television shows gets to be it gets to be wild all over the place. It seems like they're much more uh, draconian on the movies themselves. I guess because they need them to be the tent poles that everything else can, like the TV shows and the comic books can all just kind of like run wild in the the spaces provided. Between the films, but the films themselves have to be, you know, the foundation that everything else gets to run around. So, so that's a little. A yeah, little... and they also have to be like international blockbusters. Yeah, it's true. Later this month, it will it will be it will be in the past when this this podcast comes out. But Return of the Jedi is going to be back in theaters. I know nice. that's awesome. I wonder if they're gonna. I think April twenty eighth, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at right now. Awesome. Um, do you think they'll do the original cut, or will they do the one that uh does the the war crime of replacing Yub Nub? <laughs> they'll do the war crime one. Ah, jeez, that's that's okay. I I can understand a little bit this this frustration now, but Yub Nub, greatest celebration song ever. I can't believe they just like removed it. Like it's not that they It's true. It's not that they just added celebrations across the universe. That's fine. It's that they completely removed a song that I sing on a weekly basis, Johnny. It was one of the first things of George Lucas kind of bending, and that's where like the problems come in. He starts to bend to the criticism and he was like, Okay, yeah, it's a little too teddy bear picnic, I'll change it. And I feel like that happens. That's why I like episode one so much, because it's like his most pure. Yeah. Because it's uh, it's confusing and big kind of like the original star wars and like even bigger and weirder you could see him trying to kind of bend especially by like episode three there's like a million lightsaber fights it's like really grim it's like feels like he's trying to bend to what people wanted more yeah we're in this he's in episode one he's kind of doing his thing yeah but yeah i think that that's unfortunate yub nub rules they could have easily had him sing yub nub and then transition into that other song come on johnny yeah Williams, yeah let's go. it would have been awesome it would have been awesome but uh, just has him fight his old ass. <laughs> oh man! But uh, speaking of George Lucas doing his thing, why don't we get into this thing that he did called Episode One: The Phantom Menace? Yes. Yeah. Um, opens with an opening crawl. So it classic Star Wars uh, opening so crawl, funny. and then and then <laughs> a, the uh, down. I had a a friend who every time we saw when we went to go see the the re releases, like as soon as the crawl was over, he was like, "And now it goes down, and now it goes down." And it went down. <laughs> it was great. 
It goes down. Sometimes it goes up. Sometimes it goes to the side, but usually down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Before the third trilogy, they all went down. I think episode two goes up. Oh, it it's does. Like being tricky. Oh, dang it. Yeah, it goes up, and then a ship flies in upside down and like twists. Oh man, it's actually a pretty cool shot. I'm a I'm a jerk. I haven't I haven't seen it's episode okay. two since the theaters either. Uh, but so yeah, well, we we start get ready. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, we got uh, this cool donut ship floating in the middle of space, and then we get... Well, you're skipping over. The, one of the best parts is just the... And that's the, that's the reason we go, is the... Like, see that in a theater? I'm, like, tearing up thinking about it. It's the best thing. And one time when I saw The Last Jedi in theaters, I saw it, like, four or five times. But one of the screenings I saw, this family came in, like... I don't know, like a few minutes after the opening crawl, and I'd be like, man, you missed it. Just, like, go <laughs> home. And, like, you missed the opening. Like, get out of here. Yeah. It's the best part. Yeah. Like, there's nothing like seeing that in a theater um, and, like, not knowing what's coming. It's very exciting. And just, like, that musical cue and everything. It's great. I hope they don't retire it, even if the Skywalker song is done. Like, I hope they keep it. It's it would It would do their brand a disservice to get rid of it. We got a Trade Federation ship, right, right, right? Because uh, we just learned about some some politicking with the Trade Federation in the opening crawl. I don't know how much we have to recap this, but... Yeah, I mean, yeah, we know. I mean, yeah, I mean, they, they're blockading Naboo. Uh, it's a trade embargo, basically. And they're sending... Chance Florum sending these Jedi. The donut ship is cool. I always like that ship. Yeah, it's, it's fun. I, I just noticed this time that there are some some droids on the Trade Federation ship that I don't know their names of. Um, I'm trying to scrub through to find them, but it's, uh, like, on the bridge, the the Federation guys are talking, um, and in the background, there's just, like, a phalanx of little bitty tiny guys. Like, they aren't battle droids. They're just, like, little bitty tiny guys. Yeah. And I just noticed them for the first time, and they're great. Originally, in the script, they have dialogue, they they are they are they do have names I don't remember them but they're in they're in one of the scripts they're like ah eh, look at those Jedi whatever get back to work like that's like literally it but it's in one of the scripts because I've I've been trying to to Google furiously what they're called but <laughs> I mean if you look up the early after we're done if you look up the early episode one script okay. it's online you can find it pretty easily okay. they, it's like the second page they say like look at those they look like Jedi and they're yeah. like shut up <laughs> yeah. or something like that yeah but you get a lot of good droids in there you get some battle droids battle you get droids. TC-14 TC-14 I like I really like the battle droids I um I think they're cool I think they're funny they're just dinguses it's I, I love how they're created for nothing but battle but <laughs> they're actually pretty bad at it <laughs> but they're like cheap <laughs> They're like the cheapy ones. Like they're like yeah. the they're just rolling them out. Yeah. Like you don't want to spend a lot of money on them. That you can just overwhelm them with their numbers. Yeah. But... And uh, I I noticed that one of them in in the course of the film has uh, the number of my address on it. Uh, so that's very exciting. So I guess that Weird. is now my home droid is the one who is uh, number redacted. The only really named battle droid. Is OOM9, who's the one that's like Viceroy, we've captured the Queen, like yeah. the one with the yellow. Yeah. That's OOM9. So we, we get we get the the first ever use of of the the lightsaber to just melt shit to get through it, which is awesome. 
<laughs> you know what's so funny? I thought you were going to say the first ever use of I have a bad feeling about this in uh, the saga, because it's, fir- it's the first line from Obi-Wan. Yeah. And uh, the, the negotiations were short. The melting of the door, though, that was like a moment where I was just like, whoa. Yeah. Like this. I remember being a kid and being like, I thought about that and just like actually seeing it was so cool. Yeah. So the Trade Federation and the the shadowy man that they're talking to who keeps telling him that he'll make the Senate legal what they're doing, uh, you know, try to poison the Jedi, you know, Obi-Wan and uh, uh, Qui-Gon. Um, my, my mom used to do this thing where if she had a celebrity crush on an individual, she would... Uh, she would go, she'd go, Liam Neeson, hubba hubba. <laughs> and uh, so 1999 was the summer of having to listen to my mom say, Liam Neeson, hubba hubba. <laughs> Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan sneak out of the room they were supposed to be killed in, and they jump into that hangar bay that's just filled with droids and uh, those those Pepsi coolers that they used to have. Oh, yeah, they made those those made those made coolers. Yeah, they're, the Pepsi was big because you could get, like, all the different cans with all the different characters. Yeah, it was, man, the marketing for this movie was so big. I, was, that that level of marketing just doesn't exist anymore. It's insane. Yeah, it, it, just, it, it was all-consuming. And then we, we end up down on Naboo, and then we meet uh, 11-year-old David. I love Naboo. Who say how great? Naboo is who is saying how like I love Naboo. Yeah, Naboo's great. No, uh, can we? Can we oh. just say? Oh yeah, yeah. I love Naboo. Johnny, you are not allowed to enjoy Naboo. I'm sorry. It's a Naboo boo. Um, <laughs> Naboo begin, man. And then and then we we very quickly meet 11 year old David's favorite character, motherfucking Jar Jar Binks. Um, I didn't oh, I didn't yes. realize for the longest time that people hated Jar Jar Binks because I loved him so much as a child. It was like, how could you not love him? I mean, you can see that. He, I mean, I can see now that he's a he's problematic uh, in some ways. But yeah, he's he was designed for children. And as a child, I I ate it up. Um, and even now, I did too. Um, the Gungans. An underrated alien species. I think everybody assumes Jar Jar Binks when they see Gungans. And they're like, oh, all the Gungans are I like stupid. the Gungans. But no, the Gungans kick ass. Boss Nass? Hell yeah. The General? Hell Captain yeah. Captain Tarples? Captain Tarples. Yeah. There's, a, there's also, a, in the Clone Wars, isn't there a, a Gungan Jedi? Uh... There, Jar Jar become, acts like he's a Jedi for a bit. Well, I mean, if you pay attention to the internet... There is a Gunkin' Jedi. If you pay attention to the internet, then Jar Jar is a Sith Master. <laughs> exactly. He is the Sith Lord. Oh, the Sith Lord. Um, a Sith Lord? Man. As uh, Mason Windu says in episode three. <laughs> oh, man. this uh, their, little, their little scuba scuba breathers are awesome. I fucking... The Gunkin' City is yeah the bubbles those are cool it's beautiful holy crap i'm just trying to let you lead this because i could talk for like 10 minutes on every I, single I, thing. I'm, I'm trying i'm trying to scrub through the movie and then i'm just like getting caught up in it and it is it is a feast i mean the cgi is a little well, dated we can talk about that still, like that's it's still a beautiful that, feast. that's one thing about the movie i like is that it is a feast um one thing about the movie i like is that it has these biomes and like there's the three there's Naboo, Tatooine, Coruscant, and they're all just like fully realized planets you get to go spend some time on each. Yeah, yeah. And it's pretty pretty cool. 
And the best part about the three biomes is in the marketing. Taco Bell was Tatooine. <laughs> I'm not making this up. Yeah, yeah I remember. Pizza Hut was Coruscant, and KFC was Naboo. <laughs> and uh, you would get the toys from each. You have to go to each one to get like the different toys yeah. and like posters and stuff. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, I was gonna say the good thing about the how much care they put into creating each biome. Um, just like created a playground for all of the all of the television shows we have now to just play in, um, mm-hmm. and so we got you know the. We've seen Coruscant's a big deal. That was created for that same trilogy, the Timothy Zahn trilogy, where Luke was from. Uh, but Coruscant was one of the few things he took from the books and brought into, um, the movies. But we got uh, the capture of Queen Amidala and all of her people. I love, uh, I love the Chancellor dude. <laughs> he's great. <laughs> C O Bibble. His name C- sounds like baby talk. Oh man, he's he's so good. He C O Bibble. He he definitely needed to have had a Brock the Shock Fennel moment at some point in this. <laughs> but if they had if they had pundits in the Star Wars universe, <laughs> he would be the one saying a communications. Disruption can only mean one thing. Invasion! Yep. And he's, where are the Chancellor's ambassadors? He's the only one, you know, making some sense. He's got, he's got the real talk. It's funny because this movie got knocked for bad acting, but you could tell, like, the old British theater guys fucking rock it. Like, they know what they're doing. Because it's just like being in theater. The, literally, the only acting that was really so bad is just the kids. Just because they're kids. They're kids. It's they're kids. It's I mean, I can I can understand maybe somebody trying to level, you know, uh Natalie Portman, Kira Knightley, like some woodenness, but that's an entirely necessary for the you know It's in the, the character. For for the ruse that they are playing, they both have to have something that they can do to without any sort of personal flair, so that way they can fool people into knowing who is who. Um, I, I, I paid particular care to which one was in the, the queen get up this time. And Natalie Portman, actual Amidala is only dressed up as Amidala when she's on Coruscant all the rest of the time. It's Kira Knightley. And that opening shot where she's like on the video thing and like, looks really sad. Yeah. That's her. But yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That that original outfit she's got with the hair that turns into like the the like collar the the late night talk shows ate that up for months oh man how many how many snl skits were there of or mad tv skits of <laughs> space princess with crazy hair or they they escape the escape is good and we get our first ever introduction well our everybody's introduction to r2d2 in universe not our first introduction to him and my boy's just a badass from the beginning. I love R two D two. Oh, he got he got the biggest applause moment in the theater when I saw it. Absolutely, when he went up there and saved all those little droids blowing up. So funny. <laughs> oh man, R I P Astromex. But man, I love R two D two. He's he's oh, always yeah, he's been great. my favorite. We're at the end of one episode of television, right, Johnny? <laughs> all right. The Naboo episode. The, the Naboo episode. And then we get the the middle section that could itself be three or four episodes of television where we have to make an emergency pit stop at 
Tatooine. And do a race for your own freedom, like you do. And do it and do a race, yeah. So it's so funny because I remember I fell asleep to this movie for years and uh-huh. I'd always stay awake till they like escape Naboo, usually fall asleep somewhere in Tatooine. And then get woken up by Duel of the Fates to watch that and then go back to sleep. Yeah. And I also remember playing, like, Star Wars CCG, like, really late into the night with my friends. And we'd always put this movie on. And we'd always... We always call Tatooine, like, the boring part. But I always (laughs) like Tatooine. I mean, there's there's just a lot in Tatooine. Um... That's that's the problem with Tatooine. When we were kids, we were like, like, yeah, they're walking around talking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also it's interesting because it's it's very similar. It's one of the sections of almost the whole saga. It's most similar to like Akira Kurosawa because it's like not really actiony. It's all based on like like yeah, chances of fate and luck. It's it's and the like, western like part that whole of this section space before western. the Padres. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The western slash samurai part, you know, yeah. and you know samurai and western share like that kind of cinema shares a lot in common. Yeah. Um, and Star Wars melds them together more than they already are. Yeah. Oh, man, I forgot that uh, fucking Padme orders Queen Amidala to clean up R2-D2 herself. <laughs> yeah. Rude. So, how rude? <laughs> it's actually Sabe, if you want to know. Sabe? Is her name? Sabe is, uh, is uh, Keira Knightley's name, yes. Okay. Just makes It just makes sense that R2-D2 becomes, becomes her droid. It's so good. Um, the, the queen going, the queen going as Padme and like telling, telling Qui-Gon all this, this shit, like the queen doesn't approve of what you're doing. And he's like, you shut up. I know what the queen wants. (laughs) It's just, I love it when, I love it when Captain Panaka like really annoyed that she's going with him. He's like the queen demands you take a handmaiden with you he's just like really like okay i really don't think it's a good idea oh man and then we get introduced to jake lloyd um yeah jake jake lloyd is was the hero to 11 year olds david but the weakness in in review uh he's he's trying he's trying his hardest it's just hard to to be a child actor dude <laughs> it is hard especially in a production that big and like i feel bad for him yeah he does he, he does, didn't deserve all the criticism yeah he does he does what he can do but he's only he's what like eight or nine just, he's only got so much yeah. that he can build on so he's he does an adequate job uh natalie portman could very easily act rings around him, but you can tell that she's trying to to normalize to him. And so that feels yeah. a little weird, but it's it's better that they're both a little awkward versus him being a little awkward and her just being bombad actor as uh Right. No, I, I agree. And like it's it's this is a problem with the script. Like in the original version he was thirteen even that could be could be maybe like fifteen or sixteen might yeah. make more sense. Yeah. Um, but it was the time of Home Alone and kids' movies were big, and like yeah, the, it was the time of you had to have a kid in it. Also, it was um all of the people who um saw Star Wars when it came out, uh, their kids were about this guy's age, so it made sense. It made sense. It 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 was. An artistic gamble that paid off. It paid huge dividends. So, 
Well, what's crazy about these now is everyone just accepts them as part of the movies, and people like love the prequels now, which is really refreshing to see after you know the people who are now, I guess now would be fifty or so. Yeah, Gen X like really, really were really mean to these movies. <laughs> sorry, sorry, uh, Jar Jar was just juggling the power supplies. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, yeah, it's good to good to see uh, people have come around. Are you on watching it? it? Are you uh, like scrubbing? Yeah, I'm, I'm scrubbing it. through, and so they're they're at Waters right now, and Jar Jar was just being a doofus with all the. <laughs> Don't touch anything. Another possibly problematic character that I love. I love Watto. Watto's pretty great. He's he's a grump. He's a grump. He's got little wings. I had a Watto toy. It was one of my favorite action figures. His 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 three day stubble. Oh man, he looks like he looks like Haunt Bear is just always he's scared of razors now. Yeah, he's got the Haunt stubble. And you get the pod race, which is a huge Yeah, so we're giant we're, thing. Yeah, they're talking about they ain't got no money and then they, they get to go to to Anakin and his mom's little hovel and we get to meet unfinished C three PO. Um and as I said as I said to you while I was watching it again, um oh I love Anakin's room is just like they went to the toy aisle at Walmart and then bought all of the toys and then painted them all silver. <laughs> yeah, they have like there's a there's, there's that like, one like wicked or like yeah, that there's ball, a ball scoop. thing. <laughs> um, but but what so R two D two is my favorite. Something group. funny about something on that shelf that's been I guess you call it a retcon um, is that he has a little statue of Maz Kanata on his shelf because there's uh, a statue that looks very much like Maz Kanata, so they're oh, just nice. like. Retconned it and said it's a little <laughs> statue of a pirate queen. But yeah, uh R2D2 is my favorite. And uh in The Force Awakens, uh the first thing R2D2 says to his oldest friend, uh C3PO, after waking up from a 10-year coma, is uh uh some foul language. <laughs> and in this movie yes. we learn that the first thing R2D2 ever says to C3PO is basically, uh, dude, your dick's out. <laughs> Because <laughs> he says my parts are showing. <laughs> oh my goodness! And he laughs at him. <laughs> oh man! Oh, got him. The R two D two C three PO dynamic is is my favorite because R two's always right and C three PO is just neurotic as fuck and will take any credit that he can, even if it's <laughs> not justified. <laughs> Captain oh. Solo, Captain Solo, yeah. Um, so, uh, tying back to what you said about uh, you're glad that people have finally come back around. Um, the the Clone Wars series so heavily, like, was like, here's good shit. It's all based on the prequels. And you love this shit? That means you now love the prequels. And I think a lot of people have just it been did like, help. you know, they they didn't they didn't spend too much time being like, hey, we got to fix this thing that not everybody likes. They got to say, hey, we did it. We're going forward. We can make good stories out of this. Uh, not not everything has to be one hundred percent what everybody wants all the time, but they want they keep it consistent, and it's it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're at the. It's just a great. It's a great playground. This whole the whole prequel area, like it's just a great. There's many factions and just a lot going on. It's, it's really fun. A literal it's sandbox. It's like a part of the culture. A literal yeah. sandbox. Jar Jar getting his his head in the energy couplers <laughs> and then getting his hand stuck. <laughs> and Anakin just like not giving a shit. He's like, yeah, I'm going to turn on. Anakin can see him. And he's like, I'm just going to turn on this engine here. 
so uh, I'm just gonna turn it on. <laughs> and then Padme has to come over and be like, "Come on, Jar Jar, get your get your hand out of there." <laughs> get your hand out of that engine. <laughs> but I can imagine that Anakin would have just been like, "Floop!" <laughs> like everybody's just like, "Oh, Jar Jar's stuck," and then they leave him and. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, there's all those kids watching and shit. <laughs> like, like even Qui Gon's like, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Here, use this battery. Go ahead and start it up. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, use this. The blood sample that Qui Gon can send via his little cell phone, so awesome. Um, cell phone that is speaking of things spray paint silver. Uh, those <laughs> cell phones are made out of Gillette razors. Yeah, yeah. So so funny. Um. Oh man. Every time. Well, that's kind of cool. They, it was very tactile. Yeah. I, I can. I can still. My mom had one of those, and I can still feel like the rubberized grip on it. And no, I know. Like I, my stepmom had one, and I would like in the shower, like I would like or like I would like pick it up and act like it was a communicator. <laughs> that's fun. Oh man, that guy's got a crazy hat. Um. So the the tonal shift every time that Darth Maul comes on screen. It just like immediately snaps to so serious. So like all of the rest of this shit is goofy, but then like the Sith show up and serious. And it's 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 a wonderful little base to play in because there's all of this the whole movie's pretty goofy, but there is an underlying menace, if you will, throughout the whole thing that even though A this, Phantom Menace, one might yeah, say. Even though this silly shit is happening. Like there are actual stakes, and that's that's something I never appreciated before. I just thought Darth Maul looked cool, but like the whole tonal shift, uh, tonal shift every time he shows up is is wonderful. And the build up to the the build up to the duel, and just like they they use him, it's just funny to see how yeah how it went with the other villains, especially like you know it's just like so over the top with like Grievous and stuff, and like overused. But like they use Darth Maul sparingly and very effectively. Yeah. And people used to shit on that and be like. Oh, he's brilliant in the movie. It's like that's why he works. He's yeah, like mysterious. He's, he's like, like Jaws. Cool. Yeah, he's probably only in like fifteen minutes of the movie total. Oh man, I love the I Maybe. love the pod that's race. Generous. <laughs> there are so many characters introduced in the pod racing scene. I love each of the pod racers. There's that dude with the crocodile snout. Um, the dude with the four. <laughs> oh, that's but, uh, the guy with the crocodile snout is Dud Bolt. Yeah, there's the. The dude with quad in his name who has the four engines, who's just like egg shaped but doesn't know how to use his own machine. Like it, it doesn't work ben, immediately. Ben and he just starts, Ben Quadraneros. He just starts slapping and he's like, Work, work, work. Oh, what the? <laughs> I love the announcer. It's Ben. It's Ben. <laughs> I love the announcer. I, I thought you'd like that. His name's just Ben Quadraneros. <laughs> uh, Gascano's cool. Matt, oh. yeah. There's, uh, I love, this is the second, uh, poop joke for, for Jar Jar Binks. Cause he initially steps in some poop and then one of the little camel things farts at him. <laughs> and Eopi. This is just me saying the names of things that you mentioned. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I love, I love how Sebulba does a little bit of sabotage that obviously that part wasn't needed cause it doesn't do any good until it. <laughs> Like, it's not connected to anything, and when it falls off, it's as connected as it was when Sebulba breaks it. <laughs> so I what, love Sebulba. What, 
Oh man, um, there was a character. So what were rules? I remember one time I was talking to Bran, and I was like, "So what was great? He's not racist." And I bet like racist character and Bram was like, hold on. So Bulb is definitely a racist, but he's not a racist character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Bulb the character, probably a racist. Yeah, he doesn't like anybody who doesn't look like him. And he doesn't like humans, yeah, yeah. that's for sure. He calls him oh. Bantha Poodoo. Yeah. So so I discovered myself the name of a character that I never I just never noticed before. I guess I had seen them, but I didn't focus on it. But Rumsleg, Johnny. I mother I love Rum Sleg uh because A, I love a spacesuit. B, I love a spell a skeleton in a spacesuit. And what is Rum Sleg but a skeleton in a spacesuit? Yeah, he's just like in a couple shots. Yeah. No, he's in he's in one shot. It's 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 just like the town in Tatooine before the pod race, and he just walks across the screen. That's it. That's all he's in. He's so great. Yep. Man. Um so we got pod race, pod race, pod race. As I said before, the pod race could be an entire episode unto itself. Um, I, I love it's, it's just epic. it's just like all the characters, all the characters. Like you get the the Tuscans are there, uh, the Huts are there, Jawas are there, Jawas are there. Ooh, dee dee. <laughs> and it's uh such a testament to those new because all these new theaters were coming out with like the Dolby and the THX sound and like the pod race was like a it was just a sound just a sound designer's like dream job yeah. it's just like uh, the uh, each engine has its own noise and you get yeah. all the booms there's no music it's just like silent with all the sounds it's cool I'm sure Ben Burt had a field day doing that oh, yeah and you also know you also know George Lucas was like, "Hey, can you can you make it make it like a this car and this car and a this car?" Because we know George Lucas likes his nineteen fifties car culture. That was literally his He's first a car nerd. One of his one of his first movies, his his biggest non Star Wars movie, maybe. Um, yes, American I'd Graffiti. Because so. I mean, people yeah, cause he made THX one one three eight American Graffiti and two Star Wars, and a uh, Temple of Doom. He didn't direct it. He didn't direct Temple of Doom. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's a that's a thing. Spielberg did. Okay, yeah, that's that's a thing. I, he was I, involved in it pretty heavily. They're both going through a divorce. That's why it's so mean. That's that's my mom hates Temple of Doom because she thinks Billy is an idiot. She's like Marion Ravenwood is just a badass, and Billy's a ditz. <laughs> so. uh, Willie, sorry, it's Willie. It's Willie. I thought it was Billy. This my whole life. Willie. I thought her name was Billy. Willie Scott. Ah, oh, Jesus. What an idiot. What an idiot. Really, Scott. Cool name. Uh, one of my favorite no, things. No, no, no. I love Temple of Doom because it was like the only horror movie I had access to. It was It was the one I wasn't allowed to watch for the longest time because it was gross. <laughs> it's, it's really gross. I mean, it's like disgusting. Yeah. I like, uh, I like how there's a, there's a subplot in this movie, Johnny, which is just... Uh, uh, Qui-Gon handing shit to Anakin. <laughs> like, every third scene, he's like, here, hold this. <laughs> here, use this. <laughs> here, have this one. <laughs> I got this for you, Anakin. Anakin, this is for you. Oh, we completely skipped over the, the the midichlorian count. Um, so, uh, as, as Weird I, Al would say... People make a big deal about that. It doesn't really bother me. It never bothered me. I don't know. Whatever. I'm sure the Jedi are fucked up and have weird things. 
as, as Weird Al would say, in the saga begins, uh, midichlorians are off the scale, and he might just fulfill that prophecy. So, Johnny. Wow. He, that was restraint. My introduction to Weird Al was the Saga Begins video playing at Blockbuster between the theatrical release and the release of the VHS. And I was like, who is that? And my mom was like, oh, that's Weird Al. And I was like, I must have. <laughs> so I must you. listen to this. Thank you. Thank you, George Lucas, for uh, turning on turning me on to the world's least problematic celebrity. Holy shit. You cannot dig up dirt on Weird Al because it doesn't exist. He is nice. Good job, Weird Al. He's 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 fucking great. I love Weird Al. Man, have you seen have you seen Weird with Daniel Radcliffe? I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Oh man, I love Weird Al. Uh, Padme always rolls her eyes every time I bring it up. She watched Weird with me though, so. Uh, so how about how about how about your Padme, Johnny? Did uh, what's what's Padme's uh, resume when it comes to Star Wars and you? Does she? Uh... So we actually we watched. She likes Padme likes the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She likes the new trilogy. She likes Rey. Yeah. Um, she's seen the old ones. Like doesn't really care. Huh? I did on the twentieth anniversary. I had our friend Logan over and his Padme. And my Padme, we watched The Phantom Menace in 4K, glorious 4K. <laughs> oh, beautiful. And we watched the whole movie, and her review was, I mean, it was cool. It was just the dialogue. Everyone just said what they were doing. The dialogue was just really <laughs> there's, bad. There's a print. There's, sorry, sorry. There was a, there was a laser printer in Anakin's room. <laughs> just a straight-up laser printer. Oh, that's awesome. A laser printer. <laughs> no, I mean, she yeah. she liked it. She was like, it was good. Like, it looked awesome. I liked all that stuff. But, like, it was just the dialogue was bad. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Pad, but Pad, it was good on her for watching it. Padme's like, yeah, I'm not going to watch the prequels. Uh, she has watched... So she likes the new trilogy. She loved um, The Last Jedi. Yeah, The Last Jedi. She loved The Last Jedi. Like, that's her favorite Star Wars movie. Um, she tolerated it's the original trilogy. Um, it was... I had a friend who gave me a copy of the the DVD version of the original theatrical cuts that were hidden as a special feature on a DVD, like the oh, first DVD those. release. Yeah, so he gave me a digital copy of those, um, and we watched those, and she was just like, eh. She was more interested in the fact that we had uh, a hospice dog who, uh, he was a miniature pincher, so he was always laying under blankets, and the first time Chewbacca comes on and yells about something, this little dog pokes his head out of the blanket and looks at the TV and is like, that guy owes me money. <laughs> um, so, so little, Jim, little Jimmy loved Chewbacca. Uh, like anytime Chewbacca came up on anything, he was running to the TV and like, ah, Chewbacca. <laughs> so that's it hilarious. Was it was great. So, so that's, uh, she didn't like Rogue One because she hates a heist film. And Johnny, I, I don't understand how you don't like a heist film. I like heist films. I don't particularly like Rogue One. I, I like Rogue One. But no, but but Padme just doesn't like the heist storyline 
at all in anything. Even if it's a show she loves, if it's a heist episode, she's like, uh, is this a heist episode? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, uh, 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 uh. I don't like uh, a heist. Um, Interesting. I love a heist. You got to know, you got to know what to do. You got to get the plan. You got to get the guys. You get yeah. the heist. Yeah. She, she liked the first season of Mando because she loves baby Yoda. Um, she fell off on that afterwards because she was like, it's too much to keep up on. I know I love baby Yoda. That's all I care about. She was real excited to hear about Jack Black and Lizzo, though, uh, because we both, in this house, we stand Jack Black. That man is precious. I think everyone does. Uh, I finally got her to watch School of Rock. Uh, and, she, you know, That's she, a great movie. She wasn't as enamored with it as I had hoped she would be, but she was like, oh, yeah, it's, it's a good movie, because it's, it's great. It's great. Um, I love that movie. Darth, Darth Maul runs over, runs over Anakin. And then does a a pew 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 tries to with 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 Qui Gon there and then there, um, Padme accidentally outs, outs herself as the queen to Anakin, but he doesn't know what's going on. He's just shivering in the corner. Um, so I I love I seeing this again this weekend watching that like the terror in her eyes when she sees that oh shit somebody saw me actually getting a message for myself <laughs> while I'm dressed as Padme was great. Oops. Oh, and if I can <laughs> Jar Jar Binks just sleeping at the table. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's like snoring in his ears, like flapping over his mouth. Oh, George Lucas knew what he was about when he said he loved Jar Jar because that, that dude's goofy. Um, then So I went to Star Wars Celebration was in Chicago in 2019 and I went. Mm-hmm. And I got it. I got like you when you sign up, you just get random. Like you get you get certain tickets to certain events where you're in the room for things. And I was in the room for well, I wasn't in the room. I was in one of the like overflow rooms where there was MC and stuff for mm-hmm. the Phantom Menace 20th anniversary panel. Mm-hmm. And at the end, George Lucas had a message. He came on. He goes, "Hi, it's George Lucas." The Phantom Menace is my favorite Star Wars movie, and Jar Jar Binks is my favorite character. Yeah, I know. That was it. You, yeah, I think you've told me that before, and that's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, the man man's not afraid to say that he likes what he likes, um, and that's that's literally Star Wars. If you like a Star Wars, like a Star Wars. Don't complain about it. Ah, oh, he's everybody wants to paint George Lucas as sort of this evil man who had. Too much, too much power, too quickly, uh, and just kind of wants to fuck stuff up. But no, he just wants to. He just wants to have a good time. <laughs> he uh, he's really interested in technology, and like maybe he's more interested in that than the storytelling. But he's that's just he, his interest. He's very much got the Todd Father energy, where he's like he wants to play with his toys. Now, granted, when Dave Filoni plays with his toys, he comes up with a better story. But he and George Lucas are just doing the same thing. They're like, and I got this guy, and he goes, ba da ba da ba, and then they're, that's that's what they do. That's that's the whole process. It's great. Yep. And we're on Johnny right now. We are on my favorite cyberpunk city, city Coruscant, city planet. Um, I'm very confused by this though, because when they arrive on the Coruscant, the whole city. When they arrive on Coruscant. The sun is shining, and that is the only time the sun is ever shining on Coruscant. All the rest, all the rest of the times you see it, it's dark in Coruscant. Who knows how big the planet is? Maybe a day is like 
48 hours and they came they were only there for a little bit well no no not even just in Maybe this only there one night not even just in this movie like all of the you rest see of the, the movies. daytime in episode three we do you say oh. in daytime in episode it's two, it always oh, it yeah, always, it's just it's just very bright here and i i don't ever remember seeing it so bright I mean, especially There's in the, episode two, where it's pretty bright. Especially in the cartoons, where it's always, always dark because you know it's it's menacing and it's the the noir cyberpunky. No, it's not always. There's a lot of light croissant. You need to rewatch the other ones. You have started this journey. You got to watch episode two now. You you do realize that I've only seen episode two and episode three once, right? That that was the beginning of my. There's no time to watch stuff twice. Only once is fine. We got these just once. These lush apartments that Amidala then stays in for basically all of Clone Wars. Um, oh yeah, she got some nice. She got a nice ass apartment. It's man, Palpatine is he's laying the groundwork awesome. for all of the shit here, and it's it's wonderful. Uh, they Ian McDermott's awesome. They name drop our favorite favorite Star Wars character as portrayed by uh, Jimmy Smits. Uh, Bail Organa. Indeed. Uh, adoptive father of Leia. So very exciting. He was originally cast, and in the movie, there's like there's like images of him on the trading cards and promo images. They just cut his scenes. It wasn't Jimmy Smith, so thank uh, God. Yeah. Oh, good. good. Jimmy, man, I love Jimmy Smith. He always does a good job. Uh, we got the Jedi Council with the all the aliens. Yoda's being a little jerk. He's not a... <laughs> Yoda's Yoda's a Yoda. Yoda's a bristly little guy. Yeah. Yeah. He. he what do you think about this Yoda puppet? There's it was controversial. Oh, I guess you didn't see the puppet. Yeah. So this is I'm it watching. CG. I'm, I'm watching on uh I'm watching on Disney Plus. So he's totally CG. Yeah. So CG. The puppet's gone. Yeah. R.I.P. Oh puppet. Thank God I got my DVD. <laughs> Whew. So I mean, oh God, the CG, the, the CG audio looks pretty good. We got a. Uh, I mean, it's the same one from episodes two and three. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, we got a, uh, we got a, uh, little Anakin being like, "I'm gonna go with the with the Jedi now," and then and Padme being, actual Amidala, um, uh, and being like, "We'll tell Padme for you. Her heart goes with you." Uh, then we get the. We'll tell her for you. We are sure her heart goes with you. We get the, we get the Senate scene. I which... mentioned the podcast before, David, but I have this entire movie memorized. <laughs> I can do any, any line. We're at the, the Senate where I'm looking for the ETs. Where are the ETs? They're in here somewhere. They're in there. Oh yeah, you gotta find the ETs. There's some Wookiee senators in there somewhere. Um, this Natalie Portman does an excellent job of just literally Amidala breaks at this point. Like she is, she knows what she wants, and she's like, "This Senate is here to help people with my plight." And then, when all of the stuff she's trying to ignore from Palpatine comes true, and she has to push for the vote of no confidence, like you can just visually see her be like, "Fuck!" <laughs> it's so good. No, Natalie, yeah, it's, uh, she's really good in this. Natalie Portman's a good actor. Mm-hmm. I like Natalie Portman. I like the Coruscant stuff. Yeah, me too. I had a huge, oh my God, I was like, sweet 11-year-old John Fisher. I was I had like the biggest crush in the world on Natalie Portman at the time. Man, since, since we're talking about it, buff Natalie Portman in the new Thor movie, 
Oh, mama. I love me a buff Natalie Portman. There they are, the ETs. I still haven't. You found them? I still haven't watched that. It's good. It's good. It's it's wacky. It's wackadoo. It's it's good. It's good. Okay. Uh, a lot of people. A lot of people. He's don't, making a Star War. A lot of people don't like like it when when movies get goofy. But fuck, man. Have some fun, Johnny. <laughs> Entertainment is supposed to be fun. <laughs> It can't be all dour all the time. What? Yeah, fun. Please explain fun. Ooh, they're looking at a at a sunset. What do you That's... mean by fun? Yeah. Well, Webster's Dictionary defines fun as <laughs> it just says C colon spawn. <laughs> um, then we got Anakin doing the psychic test from Ghostbusters. Um... <laughs> yep. <laughs> Literally. Oh man! With a with a with, with a little data pad, a little data pad, and Mace Windows, Mace Windows, Mace Window. Mace window. <laughs> well, yeah, he gets thrown out a window in episode three. They're looking at a lot of windows. Um, Jar Jar Binks a lot trying of windows on to Jar Jar Binks trying to console Padme. Is... No, this is a great scene because like it's him admitting like you know he wants to fight for his people too, and this is. This is a thing where, and I don't want to be like, oh, cinema sins or like whatever, but like one thing you could fix is like if just there was a slight turn in Jar Jar, and after the scene, it sets it up, and like he wasn't scared of being a general, and he like embraced it. Yeah, and I think no one would have really. It would be it would really help the character a lot. Yeah, you know, and like wasn't as goofy at the end. Yeah, but, you know, but then but then he immediately when they board the the ship goes, we are going home. <laughs> yep. As if the whole reason for going home is is a celebration. Like, no, dude. <laughs> like, everybody is upset. The queen is like, I'm probably gonna die. The Jedi's are both he like, go home. He gets is... to get a brisky morning munchin. Yeah, he wants to. He wants to go fry up a gooberfish or something. Ooh, big gooberfish, huge or tea. We go back to Naboo, we get some great Boss Nass action yeah. where they talk to Boss Nass. It's very exciting. Um, I love I love how when all of the ships land on Naboo, they find like the perfect little perfect little clearing and then just like disappear into it. It's 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 fun. It's fun. And then we get the the reveal of Padme being the queen and Jar Jar's double take is like <laughs> like his eyes are like oh his eyes almost fall off their little stock. <laughs> I love how how easily everybody just rolls with it, and then Qui Gon. <laughs> I just realized Qui Gon's face. He's like, "Oh shit!" Oh, he's shit. like smug. He's like, or he's like, "Damn, she pulled one over on me." And then and then he remembers what he did, like gambling all of their all of their stuff on Anakin, and he's like, "Oh, oh." <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh man! R two D 2s just beep booping in the background. Oh man! Fuck! Oh, the little bitty tiny gungans. All kinds of gungans. All caddies. Oh man! F- fambas. Ha- ah, boss man, boss Nass is the man. I had the boss Nass action figure, but I remember there was just like bins and bins of boss Nass that were unbought. It's it's fun because like because he he speaks the same way Jar Jar does, but he, he he's he's not a doofus. 
and it's fun. It's fun. Jar Jar Binks and, and Boss Nass together are a very Sam and Twitch duo. <laughs> Just uh, like body body swapped. Like, yeah, it's body, like it's well, like yeah, if Sam body swap, but it's, like it's like if Sam were the skinny guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> so there's that scene where he's like, "You're now a general," <laughs> and laughs his ass off at him. A bombarded general, he says. Used to be bombad general. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Vosnes is great. And then you kind of go into like basically the big giant climax is like these four separate things going on. Yeah. Where you have the space battle, the ground battle, the queen battle, and the duel of the fates. Yeah. There. It's very good. Uh, this, uh, I have a feeling that Peter Jackson, well, I guess they would have been filming it around the same time, but this image of the Gungans going to war is very. Very reminiscent of the oh, I can't remember what race they are, but the guys with the oliphants marching to Isengard. Oh, yeah, the uh, Easterlings, yeah. yeah, the race, the ones that are it's racist, yeah. Well, I mean, all of them are racist. I mean, to- Tolkien, it's true, Tolkien was definitely a racist. I mean, <laughs> yeah, fucking like. When when he literally wrote down like the reasons that he portrayed <laughs> dwarves in a certain way is because of uh, the characteristics of a certain group of people that he doesn't really like for that reason. Um, it's kind of hard to get away from. Oh wow! <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think it was in a personal correspondence. If I'm wrong, you know, always you can email us at regardingspawnpod at gmail dot com and tell me that I'm wrong about Tolkien. Um. And we got oh, the. No, don't. I love the. I love the little flashlights that they, they're sending images or messages back and forth with across the courtyard. I love. Uh, I love. Oh, like, beep beep beep. Amadala's little pistol is so fun. It's, it's it like the a best noise. Wow. It's, wow. It's like a a shrunken down version of a 1950s like, like, s- space show gun. Ray gun, it's real. Ray gun, yeah, yeah, it's so cool. And it just the green lasers makes a great noise. It's very powerful. I always loved her get up here with like the red, like the battle yeah. fatigues. It's cool. So the the major is the ascension guns. Yeah, the major climb up with the grappling hooks. <laughs> Those are super cool. The major issue I have with this last whole part is everybody walking walks like they're walking too fast. Uh in comparison to the CGI things that they're trying to walk around. So like you could, some, some of the seams show and it's, it's a little weird. Like when they're being escorted later on, once they get captured and they get escorted to the trade Federation guys. Um, yeah. The Naboo, the Naboo royalty group is walking way too fast for those clankers. Oh man. I, yeah. Clanka that, uh, you get a, a nice close up of, uh, like, a shot from behind and below of a of a battle droid and they've got their spine is shaped such that their butt sticks out <laughs> it was like yeah they got little booties look at my look at my little robot but the federation ship activating all the droids look at them go beep 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 i love uh <laughs> i love the little blue balls the that the gungans are flinging the robots or the the droids and uh, yeah, the energy balls. Those are cool and They're just cool, like energy goo. Wow, well, man! Some of the best, some of the best is 
just Jar Jar fucking up the whole thing <laughs> every time, but he still manages to take out like <laughs> so many droids with his goof em ups. Well, this scene's historic because it's the first kind of big CG army ever. I mean, yeah. we saw him try it in Spawn. Woo! This is two years later. <laughs> Jar Jar just tried to, to swing the energy ball around and <laughs> flew backwards with it because <laughs> he forgot to let go. <laughs> oh, Jar Jar's good. Um, and then we get the reveal of, of Darth Maul. Um, and... I've heard recently that somebody was like, they shouldn't uh, shouldn't have put the dual lightsaber reveal in the trailer, but no, uh, I think they should. I think putting it in the trailer works just fine because then you know it's coming, and having to stop here and be like, oh, holy shit, a dual lightsaber would have ground yeah, the action to a halt, like like it's. It's full bore, flat out, just going, just going, and we don't, we don't have time for a, for an applause break or a, or a. Oh my God, what was that? R two D two. How much, how much do you think R two D two was involved in making sure that that plane left the, <laughs> or that that ship left the hangar? I think he flew most of it. He was, he was totally like, oh no, what did you do, Anakin? You should go back. Oops. <laughs> Yeah, he, should, he could have stopped it. He was like, let's go uh, kick some ass. Nah, R- R2's a little stinker. <laughs> um, he knows what's up. He knows what's up. Uh, and then we got the the weird uh, hallway from uh, The Last Crusade where the penitent man kneels before God. Oh, where he kneels in between the where he kneels, reactors? Yeah. And he has to kneel to avoid getting his head cut off, and then he has to roll to avoid getting his knees cut off. I don't understand how Indiana Jones... Oh, I guess he probably could have seen the gap in the floor. But, like, penitent men don't kneel and roll over. They just kneel. I don't know. Whenever I see God, I do a roll. Penitent I do a, I do a, I do a tuck <laughs> and roll. <laughs> you, do, you do, like, a dog where you roll over, and I'm like, scratch my belly. Scratch. Oh, Jar Jar is just about to, to unload the... The trailer full of energy balls. <laughs> oh no! He says, Whoopsie. <laughs> Are you still laughing at that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh well, I'm watching it, and it's it's hilarious because he's running after him, and <laughs> they get all boomered. Oh man, oh, oh, so good. Oh, and then he lands on the cannon, and then <laughs> the general throws him throws him an energy ball, and he loses it right into a right into a droid. Captain, <laughs> Captain, not general. Uh, it's cap. Dang it. No, but Jar Jar's the Bond Bad General. <laughs> Jar Jar does an excellent job of being a general, even though he's bad at it. That's that's part of the fun of Jar Jar, is he's so bad at everything he does, but somehow he ends up doing things correctly in the end. <laughs> I love when Captain Tarples goes, No, give up, General Jar Jar. We should think of something. Mr. Give up. I give up. <laughs> <laughs> My give up. <laughs> oh man. Oh, here they go. Here they go. Oh, they open. Ah. Oh. 
this uh obi-wan being stuck having to watch qui-gon um i love how it spoilers for the last season of clone wars but i love how it comes back because when obi-wan finally kills finally kills darth maul um darth maul like it's the exact same sort of lightsaber choreography that kills qui-gon only obi-wan has thought about that moment for how many years um instead of making the mistake that qui-gon did in going up as he goes down it's real good it's real good and then we get darth maul just like pacing back and forth like a caged lion oh man that darth maulness is good we got the it opens up just the the hits of those lightsabers they sound so great yeah oh man and Obi-Wan is pissed. Look at him go. Look at him go. He's not supposed to have that much emotion when he fights. Yeah, I'd say it's a really... I'd say the climax is successful. Like, there, it's a lot of fun. Like, all four kind of threads. It was seen as a lot at the time. and Everyone's like, it's overload. But, like, now it's like, that's pretty common for any movie, almost, to have, like, multiple climaxes for, like, a big blockbuster. Or, like, multiple threads. It's a very... It's a very somber ending for what is, you know basically a goof em up film which is i wonder if i wonder if sort of well, that the, total, set, the reality coming in like you said the, yeah. the menace i wonder if a lot of people just felt that there was tonal whiplash um but I mean, there but is I mean, but it, it, we're like i mean used to that now yeah but i mean it's effective i think and there's a because yeah the the original trilogy itself is not really super goofy there's a, there's a lot of goofy elements to it but I love how much, even though, even though Qui Gon says that it wasn't coincidence, uh, there's so much coincidence in this movie. <laughs> That's the Force, baby. Jake Lloyd accidentally, or, sorry, Anakin accidentally blowing up the power core from. <laughs> oh, oh man! It was the Force guiding him. I love, I love the uniforms for the Naboo pilots. Those little leather helmets and the goggles and the jackets. Oh yeah, they it, look awesome. The, all the Naboo stuff is cool. I love the Naboo Starfighter. I'm glad the Mando's got one. Yeah. I wish I had the coverings though. I like them all yellow. They look really cool. Yeah, but I mean that's something you got to keep up with. I mean that paint comes off. Yeah, that'd be tough. Yeah, you got to get Baby Yoda on there, sanding it down and painting it. Yeah. Put that little put that little fucker to work. Uh there's there's rejoicing, and then there's Yub Nub. Well, it's uh, Augie's Great Municipal Band is the name of the track, obviously. Oh man, and I, f- I love the I love the little Ewok that plays the drums made out of the helmets of all the, <laughs> the guys he's killed. Oh man, you switched to Return of the Jedi, huh? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, always. Don't you remember? It was the newest one, the newest one when I was younger. So that means it was the best. And then we get the yep, Darth Maul getting cut in half and. People who aren't nerds say that's the end of Darth Maul, but people who are nerds know that uh, he just goes crazy. He comes and back then, in solo, and then his uh, his brother, his brother Savage Opress comes by and helps him get some spider legs. Like just just finds him in the cargo hold of a random ship, just losing his mind because <laughs> he's just a torso. His horns are really long. Oh man! And then they they take him to a. A dude who makes them like actual legs. Oh man, and then that he whole pops up in solo for a cameo. Yeah, 
It's a good. It's a good story. It's a good. And it's a good. Gets killed by Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Oh, poor, poor Qui Gon Jinn. Promise me you'll train the boy. Sad. I love the this this weird beetle shaped ship that's landed on Naboo. <laughs> like what the heck? It looks like a beetle. It's the Chancellor's ship. Yeah, Newt Gunray goes to jail, and then they get a big party. Yeah. That's the Augie's Great Municipal Band. It's the name of the track of the of the parade music. Yoda telling Obi-Wan that he's a real boy now. <laughs> or a real Jedi. And being like, if you gotta train this dude, fine. I like how it's... Uh, Oh man, his his ears twitch and everything. It's pretty decent CGI. Um, I like how like Yoda's like, man, I loved Qui Gon, but he was a little stinker, and you know he felt things were right and would do them against my wishes, and then he'd turn out to be right, and we don't need that. So just fucking just just do it. Fine, do it. Just fine. Yeah, just train the boy. Yeah. God. <laughs> I do love how they have Anakin sized clothes on the ship because he shows up in the next scene in like Jedi clothes. So they yeah. definitely had like a tailor with them or just had his clothes with him. Yeah. Also, also it seems like the burning of Qui-Gon's body is not the place to have a conversation with Anakin about being trained to be a Jedi. Hey, you know, where else are you gonna do it? And Amadala is wearing her her weird her weird blue pseudo twilight hair piece. Oh yes, the um, funeral garb. Yeah, but she was also wearing that. So many great costumes. Trisha Biggard, I think it's Biggard, Big R. Trisha yeah. Big R did the costumes for episode one, and man, they're good. Yeah, they're real fun. It's uh, and we got the the Gungans when they march, they kind of dance a little bit. It's super nice. Uh, Warwick Davis is in this movie like 17 times. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's he's everywhere. It's uh, and then we got um, Black Swan or pre Black Swan Swan Natalie Portman. So I guess that's White Swan Natalie Portman. They're handing over the globe, and Boss Nass just says, Peace, Natalie Portman. Uh, Amadala. Almost bites her lip at little bitty tiny Anakin, and it's a little weird. <laughs> a little strange. A little strange. It would, yeah. But, I mean, watching it again and, you know, taking into account sort of the handicap of Jake Lloyd's performance just because he's so young, um, they do do a good job of of building the relationship. Um like, obviously, there's a lot of stuff that happens while they're on Tatooine that we just don't see. Yeah, they're friends that hang out. But but there's definitely... I thought I thought that the tenderness was pretty pretty well established. And it's, it's not quite so weird when he fucking becomes himbo Skywalker in episode two. And Amidala's just like, Anakin. Anakin, hubba hubba. <laughs> oh, man. Very good, very good. And then that's the, the, the we get the credits. And Frank Oz is Yoda. Woohoo! Love that guy. What credits they are. Oh man, and they go on forever. Forever. There's, there's and like. It ends at the very end of the credit. There's a subtle Darth Vader breathing, if you listen. And that's the Phantom Menace. Johnny, it's a good movie. We gotta rate this puppy. We gotta rate this puppy. So, uh, why don't you go first since. Since I know you've been sitting on it, uh, what are you gonna, 
why don't we rate this out of 10 just so that we can give it a little more nuance and separate it from the regular. Out of 10, it's like a... I, I would give it as an adventure film. It's a lot of fun. It's a great kids movie. It's just a great movie for everyone. I think it got a lot of crap for stuff that it was now ahead of its time on. And, uh, you know, it does have its problems, but so does every Star Wars movie. And I'm going to give it 9 out of 10. 9 out of, t- nine out of 10 what's? Oh, my God. I'm going to give it 9 out of 10 Qui-Gon Jinns, because I love Qui-Gon. Oh, nice. He's like one of my favorite Jedi. Nice. I'm going to be... one of my favorite action figures as a kid. I'm going uh, to be a little bit more cl- critical than you, because I love it. I love it. It is a mess, though, um, and oh, we can yeah. we can we can admit that it is it is twenty seven pounds of Star Wars shoved into a four pound Star Wars bag, and the the tempo is just kind of lopsided because there's so much put in there, and you have to get through certain amounts of of plot to get to the excitement, and it's fine, it's fine, it. It succeeds at what it does. It's a little, but but you can tell it's a little lopsided from that. Um, I'm gonna give it seven and a half gooberfish. Um, hey, that's uh enjoyed it more than I thought I would, having not seen it for almost twenty years, and then just being steeped in this culture of negativity and that's goofy and we should hate this because it's bad. But nah, it's it was delightful. There's no reason to skip it if you're doing a rewatch of Star Wars. And much like Spawn, you know, sometimes it's goofy, sometimes it's imperfect, but that's why we love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's there to entertain you, and even if it's a little bit bad, it's still entertaining as all hell. Man. And it's also it's also fun to see that of all of the things that maybe were a little weird getting from an unknown beginning to where the the original trilogy began. The rise of Senator Palpatine and sort of just like the background steamroller juggernaut of the Sith. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderfully handled. It's it's so good. It's it's a good, yeah, it's it's good funny little looking back and it's it, it is, it is the stuff you, t- I don't know. Yeah, no, you're right. And like just the seeds planted in there about how the Jedi maybe aren't right. And like people are like, oh, well, the Metachlorians, the Jedi are stupid. And it's like, well, the kind of the point is that yeah. the Jedi are kind of wrong. Yeah. Like, that's kind of the point. They've, they've like, been, Qui Gon was going against the council. Yeah. They've, they've been, they've been unchallenged for so long that they don't feel like a challenge will come along ever again. And when it does, they are wholly unprepared for it. So yeah, it's, Exactly. It's, it's it's a utopia about to dissemble itself, so. Yeah. Well, speaking of assembling and disassembling, uh-huh. I thought in honor of the Star Wars Day episode here on Regarding Star Wars, we should do a little, I figured we'd do a little toy talk as we want to do. Uh, but that means this week we've got a little, so we got a little, there's nothing with Triple G, so it's a GTT. A gin and tonic. It's the George's Toy Talk.
and I have the last Star Wars action figures I bought, last action figures I bought before I got it to Spawn like a dummy. Um, <laughs> Who has more action was, figures, Spawn or Star Wars? <laughs> definitely Star Wars. <laughs> uh, Star Wars, definitely. But um, Spawn's getting there. I have, I bought like four figures when The Force Awakens came out, and like I just opened them like on whims. Like I would be like, I want to open this Ray figure, I want to open this Kylo Ren. And I got one that I haven't opened, and it is everyone's favorite character, Constable Zuvio from Star Wars The Force Awakens. Um, he was supposed to be part of something on Jakku, was completely, almost completely edited out of the movie, but he was really prominent in the advertising like before the movie came out, because he's one of the things that like they allowed them to talk about because it's so secretive, mm-hmm. even though he's barely in the movie. So like, this is an action figure for Constable Zuvio. Um, and I've had it in a box since like 2015. Oh, so nice. it's time to bust this puppy out. Time to crack into that boy. And this is a 3.5 scale, the three, three and a quarter, three and a quarter, three, uh, three and a quarter inch scale, uh, action figure. Uh, classic Star Wars size. Yeah. So this is in the clamshell like packaging here. Ooh, that was ripping it open. Okay. Okay, it's got kind of a fancy box. Okay. Ooh. That was that was a crisp. Ooh. Oh. Ooh, that is so crisp. Comes with some instructions here. Oh, he's got like a build a weapon. So each figure comes with a part of a weapon. You can put them all together and oh, make nice. a like turret. But let's pull him out here. Oh, oh, his weapons. Oh my gosh, he just fell out. Oh, hold on. Constable Zuvio, no. <laughs> All right, he's got like a... Here he is. He's got like a backpack. Okay. Mm-hmm, backpack. He's got like a weird backpack. And uh, two, uh, an axe. Like an axe thing. See, originally this guy was in like earlier... There were some leaks about him when The Force Awakens was coming out. I remember he was. There's originally something with like. There were some subplots on Jakku where like Finn got arrested or like Ray almost got arrested or something. Uh-huh. And he was a part of that, but it got cut out of the movie. Nice, nice. And it's many different rewrites and restructurings. Uh, yeah, he's just a little tiny guy. He's got like kind of a. I guess you would call it a rice paddy farmer hat. Yeah. Kind of. I don't know. These, these figures. I didn't really keep up with buying them because, like, they were kind of low quality. They weren't that great. Um, they just, like, kind of cheaper plastic. They weren't as, they were just not as nice as the Episode 1 figures. Yeah. But, you know, he's a cool little guy. I'll have fun with him. Put him on the shelf. So, I got a Constable Zuvio figure now. Nice, nice, nice. I have the unenviable task of trying to now track down a uh, rum sleg for less than $80. <laughs> Okay, what a time to be alive. You can get a rubber slug action figure for only $80. They got a a little Lego minifig, too? Jeez. Dang. Oh, that's cool. Oh, no, I think that's... No, that's one of those off-brand ones. <laughs> the the non-licensed. Oh, Amazon's got them for 40 bucks. Maybe I'll... Hmm. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. Huh, and he's got a removable helmet. Well, huh. I got Constable Zuvio. That's all I need. Nice. I don't know. It's kind of a shitty action figure, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, you have. But to... I have him. He's mine. He can. He can fight Spawn. Who will win? <laughs> Maybe you can put him in Cygor's uh, hands, and he could be smashing him against the. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Cygor's gonna beat the shit out of this guy. So, what are we doing next time on regarding Star Wars, David? Well, next time we're. Uh... 
you know you know how to count, right, Johnny? What comes after one? Two. Two. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna watch episode two: colon Attack of the Clones. And that'll be next year on Star Wars Day. <laughs> yeah. So or, or get ready for that. Or sooner if we get impatient. But no. most likely in a Star Wars Day. Next year. <laughs> No, next year on Star Wars Day, yes. we're doing it one a year. Yes. That's the bit, and we're sticking to it. <laughs> Until we don't. <laughs> Until yeah. we don't. Yeah. That's, so, that's, the, so next... that's the philosophy of the podcast. <laughs> next Star Wars Day, we'll we'll have uh, episode two, the, the movie that um, Adam Pranica from Mythbusters did some some work with. He did some some model work on it. Johnny. Johnny, we should uh we should tell people that they can uh they can follow us at regardingspawnpod at gmail.com. Or no, they can send us emails at regardingspawnpod at gmail.com. But they can find us on the Instagrams at regardingspawnpod. Absolutely. Where we're not really posting Star Wars stuff. I mean, sometimes I talk about the comics. There are Star Wars comics. I'll be posting Constable Zuvio, my new best friend. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um so it's it's and uh yeah, check us out. Yeah, it'll still be it'll still all be spawn stuff, but you know. We we'll post some Star Wars stuff every once in a while. It's it's I can't stop Johnny from doing it. So <laughs> and I don't want to. It's true. <laughs> he's gonna he's it's gonna true. do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, hit us up. Send us an email. Tell us about your favorite Star Wars movies. Yeah. Um. Did Did you like the what you like about Star Wars? Did what you, you like, like about Spawn? Did you like the Phantom Menace? Tell us what you loved about it. Did you not like the Phantom Menace? Maybe keep it to yourself. Maybe. Maybe. It's been said before, but so has people on the internet talking about Star Wars, yeah. which is exactly what we just did. So uh even though he's been set up to he's been set up to be the guy who dies, uh who would win between a fight or in a fight between um Al Simmons and Darth Maul? Ooh, that's tough. That's tough, yeah. I mean, unless we're in a dead zone, I'm thinking Al Simmons. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. But he's got that lightsaber. He could like slice through those chains. So I don't know. Yeah, it would be fun to see. I mean, Spawn just has so many different powers. It's tough. It's tough. We need to get we need to get the Todd Father to uh to get a approval from. Well, I'd love to see a Todd Father drawing a Darth Maul. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, or like a crossover. And it's, it's instead of Batman Spawn, it could be Spawn Darth Darth Maul Spawn. It would be. Then awesome. you have to work with the dreaded Marvel. Yeah. Well, I mean. Mar- Marvel owes him a lot for what he did to the design of Star of Spider Man. So yeah. it's true they can get over it. But yeah, I don't think they will. Yeah, they probably won't. But Johnny, I think that just leaves me to say, may the force be with you, and also with you, David. Awesome, so good. Awesome, awesome. That's wizard. Oh, oh yeah, that, that's wizard, Annie. <laughs> Now that's wizard, Annie. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sitting here with Constable Zuvio. All right. It's Easter. I'm off work. I think we're gonna go get some drinks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're gonna. You're I gonna... gotta ask Zuvio about what it was like to work with J.J. Abrams. How he feels about getting cut out of the movie. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. So we so got a lot to catch up gonna, on. Gonna go. You're gonna go hit that Dexter Dexter Jetsters and uh, tell him. Yeah, I... get some Jawa juice. <laughs> tell him I say hey. <laughs> I will. We're old friends. He was a prospector, you know, back in the day. So yeah. we used to prospect together. So and Constable Zuvio knows him. It's gonna be a great time. But yeah, yeah. I'll say hey to Dexter for you. Nice. And I'll see you next year. Yeah. Till next year. <laughs>